The full moon spreads pale light through dark trees, moaning in the wind. Strange labradoodle-shaped silhouettes seem to howl in the distance. (laughs) Pint-sized serial killers are asking us for candy. It's dark and spooky out there. Let's get a beer. Welcome to the Halloween episode of Driftless Drinks. My name is John. My name's Mark. And today we have a couple of Halloween-themed beers. There's some interesting stuff that comes out this time of year. It was a little early this year, and it's kind of starting to fade, but we're going to jump on it anyway, because some of these can still be found around. And uh, shall we look at the first one here, Mark? You want to tell us what we're looking at? So I think today we're looking at uh, Lakefront's Pumpkin Lager. This is one of their fall seasonal brews, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I don't know a ton about this one. I have had the Lakefront uh, Imperial Pumpkin. Yeah, and you said that was good. I've, I've, I, uh, I haven't even seen that. Yeah. So, and I'll be totally honest. Uh, my friend uh, Jesse Bender actually had a couple of them, so he let me sample one of those. And I was really, I'm not a pumpkin guy. I'm not a whatever pumpkin spice mm-hmm. latte kind of dude. Embrace like, the pumpkin spice. Yeah, you know. I am recently. <laughs> it, and, uh, it's it's not think, bad. I think when they started, a lot of pumpkin beers were just not good. And now we're getting uh-huh. to the point where people are learning how to make them and make mm-hmm. them a little better. And uh, yeah, the Imperial one, I was really, I don't want to say overly impressed with it, but it was really good. No, was it, a, it that Imperial? It, it's not an Imperial Stout. It's No, it's an Imperial whatever. Ale? I should oh, like look it up because yeah, now I'm just kind of talking out of my backside here. But anyway, so I'm looking forward to trying this Lakefront Pumpkin Lager that we mm-hmm. got in front of us here. And it says on the bottle, oh, spinning yeah. around, it says Bring Lager. So, okay, so they're lagering this one. And this I, I like this. I, I think lagers are making a comeback. That's probably another story for another time. But I'm, mm. I'm into that. I, I enjoy. Oh, definitely. Uh, Quite a few lagers. Uh, so a lager brewed with real pumpkin and spices. And spinning the bottle around, we got the Surgeon General's warning. We got something about you shouldn't... Uh, <laughs> don't, don't read the Surgeon General warning. It, it's lying. You shouldn't be trying to have kids while you're driving uh, heavy machinery. <laughs> that causes Oh, now problems. you tell me. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's it, got, it, it, it actually has a best buy date on the back. So apparently oh, this really? one is one that needs to be done, oh, went, and drunk it fresh. We have not hit that Best Buy date, so it must be okay. No, that's into the next year. So, yeah. And that's really all it says. There's nothing else on the label here. Does it give an ABV anywhere? You know, it it doesn't really. It doesn't. Nope, 12 yeah. fluid ounces, 355 mil. Which doesn't tell you, but I'm, huh. I can't imagine that if we've got a straight-up logger here that we're looking at a very high ABV. I'm pulling up a Beer Advocate here, seeing if yeah. we can find this bad boy. So this this should probably reside somewhere in the 5 to 6% range, I would guess. It's under fruit and field beer, huh? Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, it's a 6% ABV. Um, let's see here. Yeah, 6%. They're scoring it at 80 after 264 reviews. There's 264 reviews and 671 rankings. I'm looking at the picture on Beer Advocate here, and it looks like an old picture. Yep, that is that not does. the same as the... So what we're looking at here. Right. So they've changed the label over the years. Is, and really, the only thing it says on here, no, it's bre- beer brewed with pumpkin and spice. the same thing it says on the label. So, huh. All yeah. right. Well, we got nothing to pull from here, so this will be <laughs> kind of fun. I mean, we could go through some of the reviews and see what some of the uh, keywords are through it. But I think we should probably just let the beer do the talking before we yeah. even yeah, amble through that mess. And Lakefront, you know, and the thing about Lakefront is that they are, you know, they're we were just having a discussion about Milwaukee and and some of the Milwaukee good beers. And uh Lakefront's put out some really nice stuff in the past. They they make some delicious beer. All right, I'm going to try oh, opening this one. Okay. Am I waiting? Nope. Ooh, I'm not too bad. Oh, nice. That's all right. Ooh. All right, nope, don't smell the bottle yet. Getting ahead of myself. All right. Pint glass. Clickling. All right. Here he goes with the pour, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, He's yeah. got a nice soft pour Ooh. with his glass at a 45-degree angle and holding the bottle <laughs> and straight out. And now we roll out. it along. Uh, oh, wow. He's going to try to get ahead on that thing. It's it's one of those bouncy heads that feels like it's overcarbonated, but big bubbles. All right, I'm going to pass this one down to you. Okay. All right. You got the I'll take that other Thank bottle. You, sir. Oh, yeah. Here. Don't let me All hold right. you up. All right, one more. We got one more here. You're getting good at that. I'm trying, man. 
Making all kinds of noise on the table, though. All right, here we go again. That's all right. Oh, should we do the pour, pour sound? You can hear. You can hear that. You can oh, hear the effervescence. I just, so the that bottle, I, because I've got it up near the microphone near my face, boy, I got a, I got a whiff of that. All right, but I'm going to back it off. Yeah, man, back off. I'm back. I'm back off the microphone. I don't know. This is this is a really nice. It's a really nice color. It's this beautiful little amber. Co- so if somebody had given me a straight up lager and just said, "Oh, here's just a you know one of like here's a here's a lineys. Just have a lineys," and I poured it and looked at it, and they said, "Oh, I added pumpkin to it." This is the color I'd expect. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? what's weird is like. It's not quite transparent. Like a lot of lagers, exactly. like traditionally, lagers are filtered, right? For the most part, a lot I of them. I think so. Um, we should probably look that up too, because now I sound like I don't know. And and I obviously, <laughs> don't do not. So, uh, and the head yeah, is gone. Yeah, it's, the head really dissipated on yours. I saw you gave that one a little bit more of a hard pour to it, just to see what would come out of it, and it mm-hmm. it came up and it went. Right away. Yeah, it, it just disappeared. It pulled a Nicobod crane. It's just, <laughs> it's gone. So, yeah, interesting. Not quite transparent. A little bit of translucency. Yeah, and a little, here. that's, it's that, it's that kind of murky, kind of hazy thing going on. I mean, not like hazy style, but. Uh, you can see particles floating ever so faintly. I wonder if that's that the spices. Thing? All right. I wonder if they spice it at the end. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they don't, they don't say anything about it. You know what it. we should do? Is, go to the website. We should probably go to. to right. <laughs> we should probably go to their website. All right. Well, so, you're doing that. I'm I will do that. Go ahead and stuff my face down in here. Now, what you okay. had said before is when you poured it out, you had caught a whiff. What did you mm-hmm. get on top of that? Just real quick before I, I okay. It it smelled like a. I got a yeasty bready uh, smell with some spices in it. Okay. Like if you're gonna make a pumpkin bread. Yeah. It would be that smell that's in the back of the house, not the one that you, the beautiful one you get in the kitchen, but the one you get in the back of the house. It's like, okay. oh, somebody's somebody's baking something. Uh, and I know pumpkin bread is usually a shortbread, but it, there's a yeastiness that was in there too. So okay, let's see here. All right, yeah, I, I would totally back up what you just said. There's that bready, very light caramel. Oh yeah, maybe a pinch of nutmeg on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's a touch of clove in there. Yeah. Oh, oh! I just exactly. You know, if the if the right pumpkin can, the top, if yep. the pop if the pumpkin candles smelled like this beer, <laughs> I'd have more of them in my house. You'd be eating all of your candles. They don't taste good. No. I, I was disappointed, and I'd feel bad if you were drinking them, which meant they were hot. <laughs> okay, so I'm on the I'm on the website, and they've got the they show the pumpkin imperial. Okay. Not showing the pumpkin lager. So they so, still do make the pumpkin imperial. Yeah, it's a, well, they're saying, oh, here we go. Okay, so that's in their seasonals. Okay. So in their seasonals, they have the pumpkin lager in their varied, their varied, <laughs> variety and limited release. <laughs> I, I can't read. I, you know, I can read. I just can't talk and read. I swear, this is the first beer of the day. It is. <laughs> I've no had wonder zero alcohol all, before this. <laughs> we're all discombobulated. <laughs> uh. Okay, so I push on it. I, I'm I'm using a, a a tablet here, and I push on the thing, and the nothing beer comes happens. up, but it doesn't do anything. Right. It's like well, it doesn't give me nothing. Well, why don't you go okay. in for a taste, and I'll uh, All right. go in for another look here. I got it for another smell of this. Totally unprepared. All right. That is not. Uh, it is not forward. Oh, here it came up. It came up on the website. Did it? But yeah. Are you it still is, old enough to be in there? Apparently. Did you know you can lie on the internet? No. You don't have to tell them everything that's true. Shut up. I know. How long have I been on this thing and have just figured that out? Oh, my. We're not going to lie on this podcast, Man. though. Not Unless I just to. did. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Mm-hmm. And this is saying 6.1. Yep. And they're giving it. Yeah. Okay. So there's not. there's no hoppiness to this. I'm, I'm getting like zero hoppy floral anything. I'm just getting beer and a pumpkin nose. Okay. That's what I'm getting out of this. Yeah. So I'm going to read the marketing now that we're on the website. We actually have this Uh-oh. thing pulled up. It says, our pumpkin lager is one of the few pumpkin lagers available in the world. 
real pumpkin and pie spice join Munich and caramel malts in our brew house, then lager for four weeks in our cellar, come together with all the flavors of a lush pumpkin pie. It's pumpkin pie. <laughs> the crisp lager profile in medium body lets cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, and candied yam flavors meet the nutty, toasty malt base. No need for whipped cream, although... It does sound like a good base for whipped cream. It does to me, yeah. Served with rich holiday meals, the spice characters really bring out the depth of full-flavored meats and vegetables. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to jump in on this one, too, for you, with you here. Yeah, see what um, see what you think on this one. Hmm. So, yeah, it was with you to start with. Off the nose, you get that a little bit of yeastiness. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a caramel hit. Um, and that pinch of clove and nutmeg in there too is what I was getting on the top. Yeah, and it's interesting that they don't mention clove in their in their uh, flavors, but they are also not mm. telling you what they're putting into it. They're only telling you what what you should be tasting, and that's always kind of a weird thing. I guess it's a good idea if you don't have the beer already. If you're trying to decide whether to buy it right. or not, they're going to tell you how it's going to taste. So, but when you have the beer in front of you, it's like don't tell me. <laughs> So yeah, I'm definitely getting that sweetness. Mm -hmm. Um, I taste a bit of clove in here. Mm -hmm. So I mean, really, the taste profile is really following the nose pretty hard, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe a little bit of a pumpkin pie kind of a flavor that's coming through, and I'm having a hard time trying to distinguish if that's on its own or just a combination of like that little bit of like nutmeg or... Mm-hmm. pinch of perhaps cinnamon that the f- the flavors that it's bringing forward that make it make you want to taste like a pumpkin pie oh yeah yeah i see what but, you're saying but yeah there's definitely a, a very nice uh smooth light sweetness and uh and those spice notes kind of mm-hmm. going over the top what i think is interesting is that they, they bring up things like ginger is one of the spices they it, whenever i see ginger in a label i'm expecting kind of like a, a bitey kind of yeah and i don't get any of that and bold it, yeah, and I don't get that out of this. This is much more smooth and and easy going. And I I absolutely would have one of these with a with a you know holiday dinner. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not a. You know, not I would a, have this with a piece of pumpkin pie because then I could put the whipped cream on the pie and not feel weird about putting it in the beer. I'd try it in the beer. I'm not gonna lie. I'd try it in the beer. You know what? I would too. That's. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a lot of things I will try if they've got whipped cream on them. <laughs> Sometimes they don't run away too. That's kind of nice. Uh, at least it happened once, right? <laughs> There's one that didn't run away. There's one, one that didn't want run away. Here's a, here's an interesting observation. Since I've actually tried this, you know how we've mentioned that you know you can try beer and American Beauty was this way, where. You smelled it, and it's like, I don't get much out of it. And then you take a drink, and you go back, and you smell mm-hmm. it. And then all of a sudden, all of that yep. is alive. It's the opposite with me. Now I'm not getting any of the nose out of this. Really? I, I go back, and I smell it, and I smell lager. But the taste is on is on my tongue. You know, that's interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it makes you wonder, is, is, do the, those kind of spice flavors subdue your uh, nasal cavities? don't talk science i don't understand science oh oh yeah good push by me (laughs) it is i like i i like this this is a super solid beer on a fall day i mean what else we're staring out the window here at the rows of corn (laughs) well yeah and the trees the trees are changing and we got we got a rain going on so it's it's a very very nice october day yeah, I mean, this fits, right? Yeah. I mean, it's perfect. The only thing we need now is for the rain to let up and we could light a bonfire and go mm-hmm. have these outside. I mean, solid beer, like you said, pair it with food. I think it would be really interesting. Um, yeah. Wow. Lakefront. Nice job, guys. Yeah, nice job. Yeah, this is a, an actually uh, an enjoyable, very enjoyable pumpkin beer. And I think the uh, the lagering lens that bit of smoothness to it that kind of lets uh, some of the spicy notes kind of pop a little bit and mm-hmm. and wow and the whole time it makes it real easy to drink without thinking you're gonna no longer have room for the pumpkin pie right yeah I could still eat pumpkin pie don't get me wrong oh yeah yeah alright well cool. John thanks for bringing these over ah, you're welcome thanks sir
Welcome back to Driftless Drinks. We just had the uh, the Lakefront Brewery, uh, what is this? The Pumpkin, Pumpkin Lager. Lager. Yeah. yeah, and that was delightful. So I think the next thing we're going to get into here is uh, the history of Halloween. Yeah, let's talk and, some Halloween. Uh, do you, yeah, do you want to talk a little history of Halloween, John? Yes. I'm curious as to where it's from, and I know you did a little bit of research on this. And I did, I did. I have questions. So Halloween, uh, as, as we... Um, as we understand it, started out as a Celtic ceremony that they did at the end of the at the end of the light period, beginning in the dark part of the year. So they're kind of celebrating it, and they had a name for it that I always called Samhain uh, because it's actually spelled that way. But in in truth, it's called Samhain, is how you pronounce it. And um, having met some Gaelic speakers, yeah, you can't go by the spelling. Uh, you, you let them tell you what it what it is, and they'll tell you how to pronounce it. So it started back then, and the idea was that you've you've got this period during the year where the 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 bright days are are coming to an end, and the darker days are are happening because you know you have these shorter days. And they thought that in the in the middle of that, when that happened, that there was a smaller window between this world and the afterlife. So they actually had a celebration um, with all of this, and they would, and the celebration um, would include bonfires and costumes. Mm. They do parades, they do all kinds of stuff, and this this happened um, throughout the Celtic region. And then in uh, about forty three A.D., I say four, I say about about a, a nail forty three A.D. specific. Well, what happened is that that's that's when the Romans con- the Romans conquered the Celts. Now. The Romans were smart enough to go, hey, we can't just run roughshod over everybody and make them do what we want because they'll just rebel. So what they did is they tried to merge their society with the Celts. And they said, okay, well, we're going to, instead of doing this Samhain ceremony, we're going to kind of blend in some of ours. And so there were two different festivals that the Romans held that that they merged into the whole uh, Samhain thing. So uh, one of those was uh, Fernalia, which is the passing of the dead. So what they that was the festival where they talk, where they really kind of honored their dead. And most societies have that. Most societies have this this um, thing where they they celebrate that. You know, if you know the Days of the Dead in the Hispanic cultures, you know that's a, that's mm-hmm. a very good idea where they're really talking, you know, to their ancestors and really honoring them. And that's kind of what this Fernalia was for the Romans. And then the other one that they they merged in there was um, for their goddess uh, Panoma or uh, uh, Pomona and um, and Pomona's day uh, she was the goddess of fruit and trees and so at that's so they they kind of pulled that one in there too and that's where we actually get apples from where the the, the introduction mm-hmm. of apples because the fruits came in because that's about the time of the year where you know the apples are are coming are coming to to bear. And that's actually where we get bobbing for apples, is part of the tradition that the Romans had back, you know, in in the uh, in the forties, you know, in the in the late forty, you know, so you know, forty three to fifty A.D. So that that was there. Um, later on, uh, much later on, you know, hundreds of years later, um, somewhere, in, and um, I don't even have notes on this, but later on, it was around the uh, around I want to say it was six ninety one A.D. That's when. Um, Again, oddly specific. Oddly specific. Uh, not even in the notes. Um, Pope Boniface the uh, Fourth had a real problem with the whole Celtic thing. He was he was one of the ones that started off going, "Hey, you know what? This is kind of oh, this is Satanistic. This is you know evil, whatever." So what he tried to do is he moved the All Saints Day from a day in May, which I think was like the fifteenth, and he said, "Well, we're going to move that to November first. So now November first is going to be the day that we honor the saints." And that's where we're going to have the celebration. And he made that a very official thing. And so he said, this is how we're going to, you know, and of course the Romans were Catholic, Roman Catholic. So th- so they honored that. And they said, okay, well, we're going to do a- All Saints Day, but we're still going to have Samhain and all of these things the day before. And so you have All Saints Day, and then you have the day before that. So you have the All Hallows Day, and then you have the day before it, which is All Hallows Eve, which is, there's a big, long word that essentially means All Hallows' Eve that um, from Old English. Hmm. And so that's where we get Halloween, is because Halloween is just a, a, a changing of the word of uh, All Hallows' Eve. And then there's, there's a lot of history, which we, we probably shouldn't go into because this is, this is a beer podcast, but there's a lot of traditions that came with it. One of the interesting ones I thought was 
the the trick or treating. The costuming's been there from day one. Samhain is you know during Samhain they would always dress up you know right. and, and kind of honor the 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 spirits. Right. And also and okay, so just to piggyback on that mm-hmm. too, I think part of pumpkin or fruit or gourd carving came from uh at those same celebrations. Right, they right. thought that spirits lived in the shadows mm-hmm. of the night. So they would carve faces and carve the insides out and put candles in there or light them on fire on the inside so they would mm-hmm. scare the evil spirits away. Yeah. And some so of the fr- yeah. One of the things that came out of that was the um that came out of that whole history was uh, with All Saints Day. One of the things that was tradition was for the for poor people to go around and get food from those who had it. You know, either the rich people or the people who were who were a little better off. And they they called it a they called it souling. I'm going to go a souling. And there was actually these cakes that they would make, and they were these. Um, sometimes they were round, sometimes they were squared, and they were usually not great quality cakes. Um, but they would often have dried fruit in them um, to kind of make them a little sweeter, a little more palatable. Mm-hmm. And then they would put like a, a, a cross of frosting on it, which was, you know, kind of showing that this was a this was a um, religious kind of thing. And so that was one of those were called soul cakes. So, yeah, they used to go with souling. And that's and so they would go from house to house and or they would go to um, the parades and they would get these treats. They'd get soul cakes from from the more fortunate. And that's kind of where. A lot of people think that the idea of going around and asking um, different uh, people in the neighborhood for for candy or treats came from is, is from that huh. kind of thing, and a souling actually comes into some Christmas celebrations too. Um, but there's there's a long history behind that too. So, but that's kind of the the overall gist of it. And then we all you know have our own traditions you know that we that we come forward with as we as we celebrate these kind of things. So. And I know that, I mean, you've got some traditions that you always do, right, with this? Do I? Do you? Okay. Not really? <laughs> okay, so, but here's the thing. You always, you, I've seen pictures. You do some really cool stuff with, with your family and, and costume. Yeah. We always live it up with the kids, right? So, like, Halloween has always been one of the bigger celebrations that we have. Mm-hmm. Years ago, too, playing in bands. Like, Halloween was always the best night of the year to go out. It was oh, the yeah. most fun to play on Halloween, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally beat up on new year's as far as that goes (laughs) um but yeah so we've got two boys and like every year we've gone out uh with costumes with them and we all dress up you know what i mean so that's always Mm -hmm. been super fun like was it last year we did star star wars Mm -hmm. i get to be han solo and yes i shot first uh (laughs) the year before that we did teenage mutant ninja turtles before that we did um uh, Hotel Transylvania. Um, before that, what did we do? There was another big one we did together. Did you, we did did you do like one. a Bill and Ted's one year? No, uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah that was the, that was the other one. And then the one right after Dylan was born, we dressed the kids up as Baby Mario and Baby Luigi. I went as Toad, <laughs> and we went as <laughs> Princess Peach. And so we, uh, yeah. So nice. yeah, we we have a lot of fun on Halloween. So yeah, you know, do, how about you guys? Do you do anything like fun or cool for Halloween? You just set other people's houses on fire? <laughs> no, that that no, we, that was no, that was never proven. Yeah, uh, no, we 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 don't do that kind of thing. But we do. Um, um, my wife is big into Halloween. Absolutely loves it. Um, cool. Does a does a uh, marvelous job of getting into character. Uh, we used to. Um, where we used to live in, in Central Iowa, we used to go there and and. Um, You'd go downtown, and they had everybody dressed up, and so you'd have this big celebration down there. So it was always tradition to go down there and have it. And now that um, you know we live in a different part of the country, in the Driftless area, you know we really just kind of piggyback on what other people are doing. And so it, for us, it's more about you know just kind of enjoying what other folks are doing. So it isn't it isn't uh, it isn't that we have big traditions. It's that we really just kind of try to get in the spirit of things with the people around us. Yeah. So to me, it's more of a coming together. It's one of those things where same thing. Harvest, harvest time has always been that it's like come together, you know, have good food, make sure that you're going out to, you know, the different festivals going out to, you know, the apple fest and cranberry fest and pumpkin fest and bologna fest. And I don't know how many (laughs) other fests there are around here. It's crazy. So we always kind of do that kind of thing. So for, for us, it's, it's just kind of, it's our opportunity to make sure that we're part of the community. Awesome. So, yeah, you gotta love it. There's nothing 
nothing bad about fall. I, I absolutely love this time of year, and it's amazing to be out and about and doing some of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's also nice to have a couple of good beers while you're doing it. Oh, absolutely. Hey, speaking of which, we've got another one coming up um, in two different varieties. Uh-oh. Yeah. So uh, coming up- You want to uh, talk about scary. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after the break, we're going to uh, come back with a Southern Tier Pumpkin. Ooh, the pumpkin. And we're going to come at it- from a nitro as well. They oh. put out a nitro this year. I don't know if that's new or so not. We've but got a bottle and a nitro? Year. We have a bottle and a can of nitro. Oh. Alright. Let's ramp it up. Ooh, double. Double. Welcome back to Driftless Drinks. We are back here doing our Halloween-themed episode. So, so far, we've talked about spooky Halloween stuff and where the tradition comes mm-hmm. from and kind of what we do. And uh, before that, we had the lakefront uh, pumpkin lager. So now we're back, and we have Southern Tears pumpkin in two, not two. one, but two varieties, oh, two yeah. different packagings. So I have in front of me the Southern Tier, uh, and now this is they call it an Imperial Pumpkin Ale. Mm-hmm. And this is their bottled variety. And John, in front of you, I've got this. I've got their pumpkin nitro imperial pumpkin ale. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at mine. So the first thing when I do, it's got Michelangelo Batillo on the it, front. It does. So as I look at this, it it comes. This one's coming in at four point six. How's that one? Four point six what? ABV. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say four point six? This one's coming in at 8.6 ABV. Okay. Wow. I was like, whoa, we lost four. (laughs) We lost four. (laughs) No, this is 8.6. Is that the same thing over there? Yes. 8.6 by volume. And as I spin the glass around, Mm -hmm. uh, it says pumpkin pie in a glass, imperial pumpkin ale. Uh, Brewed and bottled by Southern Tier Vintage 2019. That's what I got on mine. What do you got on the nitro? Uh, Um, All I've got is it's it's a 13.6 fluid ounce. Brewed and canned by Southern Tier Brewing Company, Lakewood, New York, USA. That's it. Uh, there's oh. nothing more on the can other than what I've read. Okay. So, well, cool. Nitro What's... all over this as if this thing was like nitrous oxide or something. You know what? Uh, we could probably go to their website. Maybe we could find out a little bit more. Well, you know, that's the thing is I'm, I'm looking at the website here for uh, the Pump King uh, mm-hmm. Nitro, just the Nitro page. And it says, the king of pumpkin beers is now in cans and on nitro. Unleash nitro to see, hear, and taste the pumpkin liquid with rich, creamy mouthfeel. Okay. So, yeah. So, I went to their actual, the bottled Mm -hmm. page where it says just, it's stbcbeer.com slash beer slash pumpkin. And it does give a description on here. So, I will read it now. All Hallows' Eve is the time of year when spirits make, can make contact with the physical world and when magic is most potent. Hmm. hmm. Well, that that sounds familiar. Yeah. It is thought that we harness this magic to brew our power, powerful pumpkin ale. Oh, it's magic in a bottle and in a nitro can. <laughs> Not so, but it is with great respect to the magic of their trade that our brewers produce this fine beer. Take a whiff of this complex ale and your journey has just begun. At first sip, a magical spell will bewitch your taste buds. Yet another victim enraptured by the pumpkin. Wow, that really is some marketing mumbo <laughs> that, jumbo. That is a lot of. Uh, I give you guys a lot of creative license over there at Southern Deer, don't they? Which is kind of fun. Well, I mean, I get that. It's a little kinda. better than it's a beer that kind of tastes like pumpkin. Yeah, you pump, should have one brewed with pumpkin and yeah. spices. Please no our- offense to the people at Lake Frat, but the story is more fun to read. It is, it is true. The fun thing about this site is that it says uh, pumpkin imperial ale goes great with smoked foods and mm-hmm. uh, traditional Thanksgiving dinner and pumpkin pie and rolls. And then below that, so John and I were talking about this in the break, right? But they have a recipe below this for pumpkin cheesecake brownies. I don't know how we're going to finish the day out without no, trying to figure we, we, out we gotta, how that works. We definitely need to try that out. Pumpkin cheesecake brownies just sounds like, I mean, that that does sound like magic in a pan. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that at some point in the next week or two. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. So let's, uh, I'm going to pass over the magic church key over to you here. Oh, it's magic now. Ooh, spooky. Has been so far. You know what's funny is he levitated it to me. It was pretty cool. You know, that's, it it took me a while to figure that one out. Yeah. I'm glad you did, though. All right. So this part is not magic. This is science. 
you were so kind to it. I was. Were you trying to save the trying to save the bottle cap or something? Not particularly. Yep. And you can't you can't resist putting a nose in the bottle, can you? Just immediately yeah. on these things, it's like oh, I gotta smell this. Sorry. No, no, I don't, don't, don't apologize. I was just kind of curious what came out the top of it. Okay, so pouring this one out. Not much head on that. Nope. I'm pretty gentle with my pores, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, very light head at the top. Now, this one is an Imperial Pumpkin Ale, and there are a little bit of uh, bits of sediment in here. Uh, Boy, they're kind of small, though. It's Yeah, very small. It's it's translucent, right? You can sort of see through the glass, but it is not completely transparent. Very, almost a a tick, tick darker than like a corn yellow. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I would say that there's some orange, it's an oranginess to it, and then there's a, yeah, the, thing, the thing that it lacks is it doesn't have that, that cloudiness that the lakefront did. Not quite, although you can see the sediment in there, and very moderately mm-hmm. carbonated, I think, would be a good way to put it. It's yeah. not. It doesn't appear to be uh, probably a light to moderate carbonation just by staring at the bubbles in the glass, and the head has disappeared. What little head there was to start has completely gone. It's it's And if you roll vanished. it around in the glass, there's a little bit of oiliness to it, but not a lot. But yeah, this is... Like John said, it's got just a, a the slightest hue of orange to it, mm-hmm. but it's it's almost a yellowish beer. What would be a good word for that? I think yellowish encapsulates okay. it. Yeah, you yeah, got it. All right. Yeah. Far out, man. Kind of well, like you'd... that's the pour out of the bottle. Sir, oh, do you, you want, want to do this? Do you want to pour we, the nitro? Yeah, let's out too? let's do the next one. Okay, so this isn't a can, so let's just make sure this doesn't go all over. <laughs> oh, unleash the nitro. That was. That was more fun than it should have been. A few moments later. So the head on this is just lingering, and it's creamy. It is just creamy, which, yeah, take, and it's darker by a good measure. Yeah. We're getting so into caramel color. That, yeah, that, uh, so that uh, shade darker than yellow, what I was describing with the bottle now has become a solid solid good half dozen shades <laughs> darker and it's oh, yeah. it is getting into amber and uh closer to orange territory right right so the sediment is still there although with yours it's it seems to be evenly dispersed in the beer and in both of them there are but yeah it's really remarkable that this the nitro is um Quite a bit darker. Yeah, when and you hold it, them both up together. And I wouldn't think just nitrogen would do that. I, I wonder if it's because it's so opaque over the top. Nah, I mean it's, it, it's still the light be coming through it. No, because I mean, really, when we're holding these up, it's still a good amount of daylight outside, right? Oh yeah. And we're holding them up to window light, as opposed to any light in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's very noticeable. Yep. So, all right, drop a nose in the bottled version here. Okay. Oh man, it's like candy corn and carrot cake. <laughs> it, yeah, with the brown sugar frosting and everything. I mean, yeah. All right. Okay. It it's so sweet. Oh yeah. I'm a dessert guy, and <laughs> that is, you know, and this beer, uh, above all others, really has that dessert quality to it. See, I get the same thing out of the nitro. It's like the same. It's maybe a little more subdued, and that might be because there's still a yeah, significant head. You got on a this half thing. inch of head on that, yet. and it's thick. Oh yeah. Let me take yeah. a pull off of the nitro All again right. too, just to kind of compare. Yep. Yeah, it's like that, but a little thinner, and I think it's due to the carbonation residing on yep. top. I think of that's the, the only the thing that's on different. Top of it. Okay, but so if I go back to the can, because there's still a touch in there. Yeah, see, once you smell the can, once yep. that little bit that's left in there, that that really just has that same yep. that same note. So, but yeah, very very pretty much the same on the quite sweet. Yep, you can dig in and maybe get a little bit of breadiness. All right, um, light caramel, uh, all that stuff is there. But really, when it hits you in the face, every time I think or when I when I smell this, I, it's immediately carrot cake. Oh, absolutely, that's ex- absolutely. exactly what comes to mind. 
All right, so wanna, what do we think here? Oh, I think I think we got it. So We're done looking. It looks good. <laughs> it smells phenomenal. We got to try it. So so try the. Uh, let's let's dive into the uh, bottle version first. Okay. All right. Here I go. Again on my own. He contemplates it. Yep. A lot of those notes are still there. This uh, this year's offering. It's still that carrot cake taste. Mm -hmm. A little bit of like syrupy, like a corn syrup to it. Um, Which they did not add. That's that's just the flavor note you're getting. Correct. Right. And then there's something on the back, on the back of my tongue that I'm having a hard time trying to describe. I just took another pull off it to see if I could get my thumb on exactly what that is but right. i can't quite place it oh. yet so john if you want to take a whack at the yeah let me try what's it. in the bottle here okay. and the mouthfeel of this one um a little thinner than i remembered before but i think we let these warm up in the glass maybe a little bit here and and see how that shakes out yeah we can we can definitely do that i think that we'll we'll do that for both of these this is um i get that corn syrupiness to it the thing that i'm really i'm wanting out of this is like some kind of a nut back end you know Ooh, i want i want yeah. just a little bit of that in there um like a nut ale yeah so a, i mean yeah. yeah just you know how they have a that hint. kind of bit of it and is there's it? a note of bitterness that comes with that yep. kind of a flavor and that's what Ooh. i'm trying to place on the back of my tongue and i can't right. quite pin it down yet but i think you're absolutely right like a little bit of a hazelnut on mm-hmm. the back end of that would be super nice yeah and that's but it is it is that sickly sweet now I'm, the elephant in the room here is that what we are trying is a 12-ounce bottle, uh, and they started selling those um, four packs of 12-ounce bottles when they used to just sell it in a bomber. And I think the bombers, in, and I don't know if it's because it's previous years they did it a little differently, or it's how it ages in certain size packages. Because I know that if certain you... Certain vessels? Certain vessels. Because, I mean, and I've noticed a difference when that's happened before. I mean, it usually isn't bad. It usually just changes it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But both, um, well, this one in particular, uh, I've noticed a change between the bomber. I thought the bomber was sweeter. I thought it had, um, yeah. I, I thought it had much more going for it. And I think that with a with a twelve ouncer, I don't know if it's what they're doing at the at the factory or at the brewery rather, or if it's just in the fact that it's been sitting in a smaller quantity. But the bomber, the bombers in the past, I thought were better than these. These twelve ounces. Okay, and I I think I would echo that and say that previously I I think the depth of flavor was greater, right? Mm-hmm. There was more to it. Where yep. this one seems the mouthfeel on it even is a little shallower than than uh, years past that I've had. And again, for me, is it the bomber versus twelve ounce, or is it this is this year's year iteration? Year, yeah. And how soon after? Uh, it came from the brewery. Are you drinking it? You know what I mean. So that there's something to be said right. for that too, because some of these beers, you know, as well as I do, that as you leave them sit, they change their flavor profile ever so slightly, mm-hmm. and that can that can mean a lot, especially in that that mid range of the mouthfeel of the beer. So, and and the way the flavors develop and kind of act with each other. So I'm kind of curious to see if it's if it's. Uh, like you had mentioned, maybe the size of the vessel that it's being stored in, if it when it was when it rolled off the line versus when you're drinking it, and how right. that's been stored, or um, if it's just the year to year variation. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, and I know that the the bottles I've seen both in a cooler case, and I've seen them sitting out, depending on the mm-hmm. depending on the the I don't know if it's the distributor making those decisions, but it's based on where I've seen the uh, the offering. So, you know, close by, I've seen it in coolers. Um, further up the river, I've seen it in just sitting out. Sitting out, yeah. And I know the bombers were always sitting out. So I don't know if that has much to do okay. with it. Okay, yep. Now, let's that try. Being said, that being I, said. I still think it's very good. And now, yeah. sorry, John, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to go into the uh, nitro here, see how this one's faring. So yeah, John's got the nitro on tap. He's getting a lot of the excess head in his mustache. He's got a really weird look on his That's face. I don't know if it's due to the excess head in his mustache <laughs> or if it's due to what he just put in his mouth. But I, we're going to find out here in just oh, a second. Okay, one sip didn't do it. 
All right, I feel like I should have kept talking over that last break. No, I don't uh, think you had to. We're doing play-by-play on John's face. <laughs> I'm... It's his glasses parched ever so slightly at the top of his head. <laughs> so I tell you, so first off, as expected, it's smooth on right. on the mouthfeel. I mean, the, the mouthfeel is just super smooth. But that has, there's a bitter note in there that I'm not, I'm not happy with. I don't think it's as good. I'm surprised I'm saying that because I'm all about nitros. And I, I, okay. The aftertaste is to me, the bitter note is more subdued in the nitro and I'm getting more of that bigger body mouthfeel out of it. Okay. The nitro to me is inherently the, the flavor profile is more pronounced than it is in the bottled one. That's what I'm getting. Okay, yeah, I'd get that too, but I don't know if I'd get, go go for that one. And it's weird because when we held them up to the light, right, the bottled one looked lighter. Mm-hmm. So it, it's following the look. So now if you go back to back. Yeah, go ahead. So See what you think. All right, so I'm going to go back to the bottled version. Yeah, and I don't get nearly the bitterness out of that. Really, I, I really don't. I don't wow. get. I don't get the bitterness out of the bottled version, and I get the bitterness out of the. And it's the aftertaste. It's I get it. You know, it's it's on yeah. the back end. Yeah. So the back end to me, the nitro tastes more bitter. Oh, I got it now. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like that bitterness is coming in different, different waves on each one. I think the reason I feel like the nitro sits a little bit better and it's a little bit sweeter is it really coats that middle part of your tongue a Mm -hmm. little more and you pick up more sweetness at least i am i'm picking up more sweetness through there right so when i hit that bitterness i'm still coated with kind of a sweet uh overtone on top of that Whereas when I drink the uh, naturally carbonated bottle one, I'm assuming it's naturally carbonated. I guess I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But when I'm drinking the bottled version, um, that bitterness is coming out a little more pronounced. And it fades quicker, too. But I I don't get that sweet, round middle that I'm getting off of the nitro. See, and, and really that, subtle. Yeah, right? and that's and it's it's weird because it's a little different for me because the the out of the bottle everything's coming at me at once and then it kind of yep. goes away and that bitterness is in there but it kind of it's mixing with everything else and that's good and I'm fine with it. The nitro, I get that that smooth roundiness at the beginning and and that uh, that bitterness just hangs for me. Really, yeah, it's okay. just it's just kind of sticking around. What's really interesting about this is that at the start of the segment. After trying the first, after trying the the uh, bottled one, the thing I wanted was a little bit of bitterness from like a nutty flavor, mm-hmm. because they kind of say, "Well, we've got pecans in here." It's like, okay, then give me some pecans. But then when I got it from the pumpkin ale, I'm like, nope, don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nope. Okay, sorry, I was wrong. You I don't, need to be I don't care what for you it. Ask for it. Yeah, yeah, damn it. it. Yeah. So the the pumpkin nitro gave me exactly what I asked for, and then I'm like, nope. No, thank you. I, I want to go back to the other. Okay, so you've got the webpage for the for the bottled version up, right? Um, what do they list the IB, IBUs on? What do you got for that? Uh, 30. It says 30 IBU. Okay, so the Pump King comes in at 33. Wait, wait, wait. Which which one were you asking about? I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about this one. I am talking about that one. I'm talking about the bottled version of... Because you have the bottled version oh, of Pump yeah, King. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And that's 30. This comes in at 33. Really? Yeah. So they're different. Weird. So okay. So they know this is a bit more bitter. And so here's the other thing is as we talk and this thing warms in the glass, it gets continuously bit by bit sweeter. Yep. Right? So that note at the back end, while it's still there, is starting to get covered up more and more. Now, that doesn't... You're talking bottled version because I'm I'm trying the yep. nitro as it's warming up and I don't I don't. You're agree. still in the I, same I'm, spot. It's still getting it's actually getting more pronounced. Oh really? For me, yeah. The weird thing is, is like you said when we were reading the marketing on the website, the nitro goes at 33 IBU and the bottle goes at 30 IBU. That to me, I guess maybe it's the natural carbonation versus the added nitro ball. I want to take you on the nitro train, right? <laughs> I want to take you on that bad, toot, bad boy. Toot, toot, toot. Because 
You go to Boddington's. It's a nitro. You go to, um, I'm pretty sure that a Young's uh, double chocolate stout Ooh, yeah. is a nitro. Um, there are so many really good nitros out there, and what they bring to the table is a really smoothness. It, it is so, totally accessible. You know what just happened here? What's that? Nitro show. Nitro show. We'll have to do the nitro show. Yeah. With Michelangelo Batillo. Back to the pumpkin ale. I'm saying that I prefer the bottle over the can over the nitro can, okay. which is unusual because I usually prefer the nitro. What do you think? Yeah, and, and the only reason I say that is because I have a lot of experience with bottles and not much with mm-hmm. nitro, mm-hmm. and I, that's what I'm used to, and so I n- kind of know how that works. So, uh, to me, bottles the way to go. Okay. Like ninety nine point nine percent of the time. I agree. But I agree. Um. Yeah, I mean, really, this is so. This is a really interesting tasting, right? Mm-hmm. And I know we're kind of rambling on about this, but it's it, not <laughs> often do you get a seasonal American brew where they offer it in both nitro and bottle, and uh-huh. we can stack them side by side and go, "This is what's the same. This is what's different." Mm-hmm. It's it's a really interesting experience, and I think that's kind of why we're having a lot of words over this. Is just just we get to sample the same beer. Um, that's you know been widely produced and 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 renowned for quite a time now. Oh, yeah. uh, the pumpkin is you know like I said it's one it's the first pumpkin beer I had that I thought was palatable, and I, I think a lot of people feel like this is one of the premier pumpkin beers out there. Even now that we're starting to see more and more of them enter the market that are right. that are decent, um, but you get to hold them side by side, the nitro versus bottle, and this is where the debate goes, right? I mean, right, and this is why people have opinions on those things, and you and there is a discernible difference between the two. Now it's subtle, but if I would guarantee eighty to ninety percent of the people that drink beer and would listen to this podcast would be able to tell these apart, oh, absolutely, and would be able to tell oh. them apart readily. Holy crap! If we can, they can. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, I, and that's why I think it's interesting, right? Is I think the vast majority of people would be able to stick these up against each other and go, "Yeah, this one is this one nitro. Yeah, it tastes like that. This mm-hmm. one's a bottle. Yeah, it tastes like that. It's different." Right? So that's interesting. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the service that we're providing here is that we've bought both. We tried both. If you if you like that kind of little bitterness back end that you get from an IPA kind of thing, go nitro. Otherwise, go with go with the uh, the bottle version. And if yeah. you can find the bomber, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> send one. Uh, send one. Send them all. Because I'm I'm missing it. I'm missing it this year. I really am. Yeah, I haven't seen it anywhere either. Yeah, so I think it's I, all. I think it's been all the four pack bottles. And this is one of the beers this time yeah. of year. I usually look for a bomber of just to remind myself of uh, why I enjoy it once a year. You know what I mean. And now we're gonna do the cupcake, the cheesecake brownies. Oh my god! Thank you, Southern Deer, for providing re- recipes oh. on your website. This oh, we is should gonna be so great. You know what? I'm gonna link to that. Um, so let's go ahead and link to that from our driftlessdrinks.com website, and uh, so that people can get that too. We'll drink. We'll point right to the uh, to the uh, website for the Southern Tier yeah. bottled version, so that you can get those recipes. You know what's gonna be the best? Oh god. Is oh, getting a bomber at this uh-huh. and making a pan of those pumpkin cheesecake brownies. Ooh. Wonder what happens if you put the nitro in instead of the bottle version. I don't know. We're just gonna uh, have to. E- ba- we're gonna have to make two. Either way, we're gonna be diabetic. This is a sugar coma <laughs> waiting to happen. It's gonna be wonderful. Exactly. All right. Well, that's, that's Southern Tier Pumpkin Nitro tier. and Bottle. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Driftless Drink Studio Recording, courtesy of HPJ Studios in Toma, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can visit us at www.driftlessdrinks.com, where you can comment on each episode. Or say hi on Facebook and let us know your favorite brews. If you'd like to drink along with us, 
Find us on Instagram at Driftless Drinks, where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. Well, my mummy says it's a wrap today, folks. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> Joke didn't have a ghost of a chance. Oh, I'm trying not to make any bones about that one. Oh. That's what's written on my tombstone. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is the longest outro ever. <laughs> you want me to start this one over? I don't. This is probably as good as it's, it's going to get. get. All right. Well, my name is Mark. My name is John. And all bad jokes aside, have a very happy and safe Halloween, everyone. Yep, and keep a cold one handy for us. <laughs> so, so I pulled no. up this Imperial Pumpkin. It's 13.4, by the way. This is 6.1, not just a 6, which doesn't mean a whole lot, but... It means 0.1. Okay. I will let you do the nitro. No, I don't know how to pour a nitro. I'm bad at nitro. It seemed to wreck them. Really? I don't... You're not going to wreck them. Okay. I'll let you do oh. it. I want to see how a pro does it. A pro does it. I do it the same way I do. I only know one pour, man. I only got the <laughs> one pour. I got one technique. It's a... Got okay. one move. All right, I got one move. And, you know, it works. <laughs> <laughs>